Hey folks, Pastor here. I'm so glad that you are able to be with us on this holiday weekend. I hope that you uh, enjoy yourself with your family and uh, thank the Lord for Memorial Day weekend and what that means uh, for us as Americans and uh, how God has blessed our country. And uh, I hope that you've got your Bible ready, uh, your family around, get your favorite drink if you would please. And uh, let's take a look into the Word of God. And this morning, I'm going to speak to you about a vow of loyalty. A vow of loyalty. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26, verses 31 through 35. Matthew 26, verses 31 through 35. And the Bible reads this way. <clears throat> then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd. And the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter had answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, or the rooster crows, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here this morning with your people. Lord, we're looking forward to the time where we can be back together soon. Uh, we can be able to fellowship one with another soon. We can be able to encourage one another face to face uh, in the faith. We do pray, Lord, that you continue to be with our president, with our uh, governor, with our local officials, our mayor, city council. I pray, Lord, that you give them wisdom, be with the task force, the CDC, uh, and all those involved with uh, what's going on in our country right now. But, Lord, I pray that our minds would be focused upon your word. I ask, Lord, that if uh, there is one that is listening today that does not know you, that today would be the day of their salvation. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for uh, your love. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. A vow of loyalty. We see this in Matthew chapter 26, verses 31 through 35. I, I think that uh, you can remember uh, maybe when you were a little kid, you told your mom and dad, I'll never, I promise, I'll never do that again. You were making a vow of loyalty. And needless to say, you and I, both of us, we've probably broken that vow when we were little. Uh, we meant it from the bottom of our hearts. We, we, weren't, we weren't trying to be deceitful. We truly meant that we weren't going to do something. But though our intentions were good, though our heart was in the right place, it just wasn't possible. It just wasn't practical. We just couldn't follow through, maybe because we were not physically able to, or maybe we didn't have the mental capability at that point to be able to, or maybe we didn't have the physical stamina or the emotional stamina to be able to go through with that vow. In this portion of Scripture, we see that Peter, as well as the other disciples, made a vow to Jesus. Many times, us as believers, we make vows to Christ as well. I want you to remember one thing, though, from this passage of Scripture, that your salvation in Christ does not ensure your loyalty to Christ. 
See, just because we're saved doesn't mean we're always going to be loyal. I believe that every Christian wants to be loyal to Christ, but I think we need to step back and ask ourselves, if our salvation doesn't ensure our loyalty to Christ, then how can I be loyal to Christ in very stressful situations, very difficult situations, underneath high pressure? Hey, it's easy to make a vow and be loyal to a person underneath easy conditions, underneath uh, less stressful conditions, underneath the ease of sunny days, right? But how can we as individuals who love the Lord Jesus Christ, our, our hearts are right, our intentions are right, our desires right, how can we as Christians remain loyal to Christ in difficult or high-pressure situations? I believe the Bible gives to us from this passage two criteria uh, for remaining loyal to Christ in difficult situations. Let's take a look. We find the first one in verses 31 through 33. The way to be loyal to Christ in stressful situations is not to be confident in yourself. You are not confident in yourself. Jesus and the disciples are, are now making their way uh, to the Mount of Olives. The Passover dinner was complete, and Jesus had instituted a new normal for what the Passover would actually uh, represent, and that's what we call the Lord's table, <clears throat> remembering the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which he shed on Calvary for you and for me. And while they were on the Mount of Olives, Jesus now makes a third startling statement. He had made two previous statements in the upper room uh, during the Passover dinner, very startling statements. And now he makes a third startling statement. And take a look in verse 31. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended or desert me because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. You know what his startling statement was? That all of you are going to desert me tonight. All of you are going to leave me tonight. All of you are going to break your vow of loyalty to me tonight. You know, uh, Jesus is quoting a passage of Scripture in Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 7. It says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. This was a prophecy about the actual desertion of the disciples on the night of Jesus' betrayal. Jesus says, Peter, disciples, you're going to defect. You're going to leave me. You're going to be ashamed of me. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall away. Have you ever been ashamed of Christ? Sad to say, I have. I remember one instance very distinct. I was on a plane, and, and I know that the Lord is prompting my heart to share the gospel with this individual that was sitting next to me, and I failed. I was too afraid of what this individual would think of me. Guess what? I was disloyal to Christ. I've asked the Lord to forgive me of that, and I've prayed many times that that individual, that someone else would share the gospel with that individual I don't want that person's blood on my hands. And I think at times, though all of us want to be loyal to Christ, 
sometimes we're disloyal to him because we rely upon ourselves. And after Jesus said that all of you are going to step away from me, all of you are going to defect, Peter said, he steps, I'll never leave you, Lord. I'll stand with you, Jesus. And he was very emphatic about his claim. And I believe that just like us, Peter meant exactly what he said. I don't think <clears throat> in his heart that he was thinking, oh, I'm just going to say this. No, I, I believe that in his heart he believed that he would not fall away, that he would not desert the Lord, that he would not go A-W-O-L. Others might fall away, Lord, but, but not me. See, the problem with Peter's claim is not that he did not mean what he said. The problem was that Peter was confident in himself. Hey, Peter was a strong fisherman. The Bible tells us in another portion of Scripture later on when Jesus draws Peter back to him in the book of John <clears throat> that he drew 153 fish in a net up onto the seashore. You've got to be a pretty strong dude to be able to do that. He was physically strong, but I believe that he was uh, mentally and emotionally strong as well because Peter had already told the Lord in the past that he wouldn't leave him, even when the crowds had left him. You remember when the crowds were leaving, Jesus turned around and looked at the disciples and said, will you leave me also? And Peter jumps right in and he said, where else will we go, Lord? For, for you have the words of life. You know, <clears throat> Peter was confident in himself. And it was very easy for him to say that he would not deny Christ around the other disciples. Hey, the pressure wasn't on at that point. And that's just like you and me. Many times we can stand up for Christ and we can be loyal to Christ when other believers are around. When it's sunny days, when the pressure's not on, when, not every, when everybody's not looking at us. So then why did he fall? Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3, if you would. Chapter 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. See, Peter was self-assured in his ability. Hey, I'd achieved this in the past. I didn't deny the Lord in the past. When all the crowds left, I didn't. See, Scripture teaches us that our confidence is, not to, be, is to be grounded in God rather than human achievements. My confidence in your confidence is to be grounded in God, not in human achievements. It may be that you didn't deny the Lord in the past, and maybe I didn't deny the Lord in the past, but that does not guarantee that we would not forsake him today. See, <clears throat> friend, our confidence is not found in what we can do for Christ, but what he has done for us. See, confidence in oneself, dependence upon the arm of the flesh, is an attitude that lacks humility, and it fails to recognize the role of God's grace in your life and in mine. See, we're not to be confident in ourselves. We're to be confident in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the reason that we can, under pressure, under difficult circumstances, under stressful circumstances, we can be loyal to Christ is because what he has done for us on the cross. It's his grace working in our lives. Because he shed his blood for us, he died on the cross for us, and if we've accepted him as our personal Savior, asked him to forgive us of our sins, 
That's what we ground our loyalty on. Because he is loyal to us, we can be loyal to him. I want you to take a look at an Old Testament illustration that fails to recognize the grace of God in one's life. In Judges chapter 16 and verse 20, this is talking about Samson. The Bible says in verse 20, And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. Now listen, look at this last phrase. And wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Samson was with Delilah. And if you've been in church any length of time, you know about that story. And she was trying to figure out where his strength lie. Samson thought, in all reality, that his strength really lied in himself. He did not even realize he was so dependent upon himself. He was so sure of himself, he did not even realize that the Lord had departed from him. Samson's a vivid example of one who relied on self-confidence instead of God's grace. Psalm 52, 7 says, Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. See, friend, ultimately, excessive self-confidence is a barrier to one's justification. In Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, the Bible says this, And he spake a parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Friend, do you realize that self-confidence keeps you from salvation? Excessive self-confidence keeps you from salvation. If you're not willing and I'm not willing to humble ourselves, realize that we're a sinner and that Jesus Christ is the only way and put our faith in him, we're never going to get to heaven. You can try and trust in your good works like this Pharisee. You can try and trust in your good deeds and all the things that you don't do or do do for religious reasons. Jesus says that's not going to justify you. The one who was justified realized that he was a sinner and asked God to be merciful. See, the first criteria to staying loyal to Christ for those of us who believe in Christ is not to rely upon yourself. But secondly, you accept the fact that you're not the exception. You accept the fact that you're not the exception. We see this in verses 34 and 35. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was younger, I always liked to think that I was the exception. Oh, others, that, that might apply, to, but not to me. I think if we're uh, not careful, we all can become that way. You know, that's a form of pride thinking that we're the exception. And I don't think that only applies to the younger generation, but I think it applies to the older generation as well. And if we're not careful, we start to believe that we're the exception. 
that we're so spiritual, that, that we've come such a long way in our Christian walk that we could never become disloyal to Christ. Jesus now tells Peter, See, Peter had singled himself out. He said, though all other men, and he was really referring to, in the immediate context, the disciples. He's saying, basically, all those other disciples, yeah, I'm sure that they love you, but not the way I do. I'm sure that they walk with you, but not the way I do. I'm sure that they look to you, but not the way that I do. I'm, I'm the exception here. So since Peter singled himself out, Jesus singled Peter out. And Jesus says to Peter, In fact, you will deny me. You will disown me. This same word deny is used in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus basically says to Peter, You're going to be even more disloyal to me than the other ten by denying knowing me three times tonight. There was no way that Peter could fathom that. He states that he would even die for Jesus if need be. You notice in this passage how many times Peter uses the word I and all. Though others might desert you, though others uh, uh, might deny you, I won't. See, Peter felt he was the exception. He felt he was different. See, what applied to others didn't apply to him. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 26 says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. That's some pretty strong language. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. See, Peter trusted in his own heart. Peter was so strong in his belief that he was the exception that if you were to look in the Greek, he uses the double negative to stress the fact that he would not deny the Lord. In verse 35, the Bible says of Matthew chapter 26, verse 35, Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. He said, I will not deny you, Lord. It was like him saying, I will never, never deny you. In all reality, Peter did not know the depths of which he was capable and saw it unthinkable that he should ever deny Jesus. And you know, friends, for us, we don't know the depths that we're capable of. We must realize that we are not the exception. You and I, we could also deny Christ. We have that capacity. See, the alternative for, deny, uh, uh, for, the, alternative for the follow of Christ is deny oneself. Remember, I, I mentioned Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. See, instead of denying Christ, we're to deny oneself. And what happens when we deny Christ is that we're not denying oneself. See, instead of denying oneself, we're like Peter and we think that we're the exception. At this point, the other disciples chimed in and said, Oh, we're not going to deny you either, Jesus. We're not going to forsake you. But if you take a look at Matthew chapter 26 and verse 56, take a look at what happened. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Just like Jesus said, all forsook Christ and Peter denied Christ. And you know, friends, given the right circumstances and being self-confident and believing that we're the exception, we too will deny Christ. 
But you know, I don't want to end this message on a negative note. Though our salvation does not guarantee our loyalty, and though if we're not self-confident and we don't believe we're the exception and we rely and we deny self and, and rely upon Christ, we don't have to be disloyal. But what happens if we are? What if I, like Christ, deny Peter? Pastor, what if I give in to the pressure of the situation and forsake Christ in the moment of weakness? Is there any hope for me? I'm glad you asked because Jesus in this passage paves the way for our repentance. See, Peter flatly contradicts Jesus in saying that he will not forsake Jesus. But Jesus told Peter that he will deny him three times. And then Jesus says, I'm going to go before you in the Galilee. When I rise again, I'm going to go before you in the Galilee. And this opens up the door for repentance. Jesus stated the fact of what Peter was going to do. And by that, he opened up the door for repentance. He did not close the door on Peter. See, Jesus could have stated, Peter, you're going to deny me three times, and that's it for you. I'm done with you because you denied me. But he didn't. He left the door open for repentance. And you know, friend, in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, My little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, if any man deny me, if any man forsake me, if any man run away underneath the pressure, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. See, friend, Jesus doesn't want us to deny him. He doesn't want us to sin. He doesn't want us to forsake him. But if we do underneath that pressure, if we're relying upon ourselves, if we think that we're the exception, we have an advocate. Jesus represents us to the Father, and he puts forth our case, our cause. He lets the Father know that we're underneath the blood. He lets the Father know that we're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus himself. And though you and I may make a vow of loyalty to the Lord, the only way that you and I can be truly loyal to that vow is not to be confident in ourselves. You know, that's something we're going to battle all our lives. And sometimes we're going to fall. And it's not to be, it's not to think that we're the exception. And sometimes Satan's going to use that against us. And we may fall. But Frank, can I encourage you? Jesus leaves the road to repentance open. So that we can still be in fellowship with him. And though we're disloyal to Jesus at times, and I'm not making an excuse for our disloyalty, but I want to give you hope that though we're disloyal, Jesus is never disloyal to us. Never. And friends, you may not know Christ as your personal Savior. Can I tell you, Jesus has left the door open for repentance for you. Jesus says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus says that all that come to him, he will in no wise cast out. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for mine. And according to the Bible, you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. And you may think, friend, that you're going to get to, to, to God your own way, that you're going to have a relationship with God your own way, that you're going to get to heaven 
by your own means, you know, friend, you know what? You're being self-confident. You're thinking you're the exception. The Bible says there's only one way to God. There's only one way for forgiveness of sin. There's only one way for a hope of heaven, and that's through placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the Bible doesn't allow for any exceptions. You and I, we're either going to have a relationship with God on his terms or we won't have one at all. And the Bible tells us that we all can be forgiven. But we all must come to Christ the same way. Friend, do you know Christ today? Say, Pastor, I don't, but I'd like to. Number one, you must accept the fact that you're a sinner and that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And then you must place your faith in Jesus Christ and him alone in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That he walked sinlessly here on this earth. That he died and paid the penalty for your sin. And that he rose again three days later. And place your faith in him. You say, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner according to the word of God. And I know that you're the savior of the world. And right now, as I'm watching this video broadcast, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm putting my faith in you and you alone so that when I die, I'll go to be with you. You know, friend, if you've done that, the Bible says that you are a child of God. And if you've done that this morning, I'd like to be able to send you a Bible and a book to be able to help you in your Christian walk. See, it's not just that you accept Christ and then you go and live your life any way you want. No, if you truly accept the Christ, you're going to want to honor him and please him and follow him and live life the way he lived it. And so if you would fill out our electronic connection card and put your name and address, I will send you a Bible and a book to be able to help you. So take a moment to be able to do that, if you would. We've been able to send out some Bibles and some books to those who have turned their information into us. And I pray that they're growing in the Lord as well. I am glad that you are with us this morning. And I pray that if you have your kiddos around, that you'll stick around for just a few minutes more for our Kids Quest. But before we leave, I'd just like to address one other thing. With our reopening of... Open Bible Baptist Church. If for some reason there might have been a little bit of confusion with those who are over 65, I just want to be able to clear that up. If you notice when we had our <clears throat> uh, video presentation about that, we had asked, I, I, I didn't tell, I asked folks over 65 and those with underlying health conditions not to come during the first phase. I asked that, I requested that. That doesn't mean if you're a healthy individual and you're over 65 that you cannot come. I wouldn't turn anybody away from worshiping the Lord. And so if that came across the wrong way, first, I want to apologize. I want to say I'm sorry. Secondly, I don't think that I was very clear when we were asking people to return that were over 65. We're just trying to follow the CDC guidelines for your health and safety. That's all. That is all. And so I would encourage you to help us out in that area. I was hoping by phase two that we would be able to do this, and that's what I'm still hoping. But I do want to encourage you to remember one thing, 
that whenever there's any a question about anything, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love doesn't think any evil. I wasn't trying to slight anybody. I wasn't trying to make anybody feel bad or to make them feel like they were not uh, welcome here at our church. You're very much welcome. And I'm thankful for our senior saints that we have and just the older generation uh, around us. For you've got much wisdom. And because of you, we have what we have today. And I'm thankful for that. So if there was any confusion, once again, I'm sorry. And if I made you feel slighted, I'm sorry for that as well. But let's walk according to the word of God and remember that I'm for you, I'm not against you. And again, 1 Corinthians 13 says that love thinks no evil. So please, continue to be flexible with us as you have been. And if there are any further questions, feel free to be able to reach out to us. I love you, and I thank the Lord for you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on today's broadcast. We hope it was an encouragement to you. Be sure to reach out to someone this week. Send an encouraging text or a voicemail to stay connected. If you'd like to give today, you can do so on openbiblenj.org. To get encouraged throughout your week, check out our podcast of past messages on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you on the next broadcast.